Welcome back to the Unpleasant Thoughts Podcast. It's your boy Slider Guy, No Lie. Shampoo, <coughs> aka Big Shampoo. And we have another very, 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 very special guest with us. You know, a hometown great, somebody who's pretty sure started in the community. Go ahead and tell them about yourself and tell them where to find you at. All right. Well, my name is Indigo Ayo Ra, aka Sheena D. of SDH Entertainment, LLC. You can find me at SDH Entertainment. Or at the publishing coach on IG. All right, thank you for coming out. Definitely, thank you for having me. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. Can you go ahead and tell us how you grew up and how you got into the acting scene or the entertainment realm? Sure. How did I grow up? Hmm. Well, I am originally from Southeast DC. Shout out. Ooh. Grew up around uh, Savannah Street, Parkland Terrace. Uh, moved out to Northwest when I was seven years old, and I'm best basically the rest is history. Seven years old. Um, seven is my life path number. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the what your life path number is. I gotta learn something. I've been knowing about some angel numbers and two two two, the one one one, four four four, or something like that. Yeah, your life path <coughs> number is when you add your Thank your you birthday, guys. your the, wait the month, the day, and the year, all single digitly. And then it has to equal down to one digit number, or unless it's a massive number like eleven or twenty two, then you don't you don't put it down to a single digit. Hmm. Um, so mine equals number seven. So it just happened that we moved to Southeast DC um, when I was seven, and the house that I lived in equaled to number seven. So I just really feel like my life has been in complete alignment, um, and it's, it's actually crazy um, not to even like get too deep into it, but the. Um, when my mom passed away, it was in my 34th year, which equals the number seven. Mm. Yeah, so I definitely feel like um, my my journey thus far has been destined. But uh, how did I get into writing stage plays is uh, my second year of college. I took a stage play class. Stage Mm. play class. (laughs) I took a playwright class. (laughs) Is that your first time ever hitting the stage or did you do stage plays when you was little at all or college your first step no so when i was younger i i always wrote wrote and i always um made people laugh okay and my aunt one day told me she said you're gonna be a comedian and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) so i actually did perform at broadway comedy club in new york city and I got a standing ovation both times. I'm really mad. I kicked my kicked myself in the gut a lot that I did not follow through with that. Um, I followed up with it a few years later and performed at a comedy club on Georgia Avenue. They loved me. They, he asked me to come out to another club, but I was so caught up in being in love and that person didn't want to go, so I didn't go. So, But yeah, so that that's, you know. My journey is unfolding. I'm still mm-hmm. doing comedy here and there, but um, I, I haven't really like necessarily got back into it uh, full blown yet. Uh, mostly because I just had a baby. She's six months, and I have four. Thank you. So I'm trying to find that balance currently of <laughs> how to, you know, live out my dreams and also juggle my family. You juggle your family. Yes. Did you have any like plays when you were younger, like um? acting in any play school plays or anything like that? Nope. So you just went to college after you started writing and putting the work? Oh, oh, it's comedy your first time on a stage? Like, a, a, a like, no, entertainment-wise. It's like yeah. somebody looking at your audience. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't. I mean, unless I'm sure I could have been in the choir or something at okay. church or something like that. Uh, when I first when I watched Moesha, and I I was nine years old, I was like, that's what I want to do, and that's when I figured it out because before I wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, so yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like I don't know, I could never be like a person that be on the stage. So I feel like for me, hearing your story is like as a person looking at it. It's like with the comedy standing ovation, like, no way I could be on stage. And that's when you took your writing and went to college and started going on. Um... Okay, no. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I did. I skipped the whole timeline. So, okay. the comedy actually took place after I graduated from college. Okay, cool. I graduated from college <clears throat> in 2008. Um, I don't know what year I did that uh, at the Broadway Comedy Club. But here's here's the funny part about it. I had actually took a comedy class. Um from a comedian, he's well known. His name is Joe Mat Matarese. Well, he was well known back then. I don't know if he's well known now. Heard her name. <laughs> um, and you know the way that um, it was different. Let me say that. Let me say that um, because I didn't when okay when we did that show, nobody laughed at any of my jokes. None of them. Was it any boo or just silent? It was just quiet because I did jokes about me growing up in the hood. It was a room full of white people. Like they didn't didn't relate. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and it was crazy, right? Because the, the dude, it was a dude there. I forgot his name. When I went to Broadway Comedy Club, and he seen me there, he was like, "What you doing here?" Because you know he was in the class with me. I was like, oh, "I'm about to perform." He was like, "What?" But you bombed. Right? So, after I went up, I performed, got a standing ovation. I looked around for him. I was like, what's the game? <laughs> gone. It was gone. So, he <laughs> like, went up to wait for you to try to fail again and try to watch you. I guess. I ain't never seen him after that. What was the uh, crowd like at that, um, at the Brooklyn? At the Broadway Comedy Club? Big Broadway. Oh, they were awesome. They came up to me afterwards and they was like, you did such an amazing job. And I was like, really? Like, I knew I did because I felt the energy and, you know, everyone's cracking up laughing and my family came from North Carolina to support me. So they, the crowd was awesome. Was it the same act that got booed or was this a new material? No, it was new material. New material. So I'm not saying that it was necessarily... Not booed. They the, didn't um, laugh. They yeah. I'm not saying it was necessarily the teacher who taught. I'm just saying that the way that he was... Uh, because I felt like the things that I wanted to talk about, he was like, ah, no, you should just talk about this. Like, you know, like... So I felt like I wasn't really into it because it's not really what I wanted to Yeah, about. it's like, hey, how about you come and do, like, I'm trying to mold you to my craft kind of style instead of helping you build your craft and your style. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm grateful for it, though. I'm grateful for all experiences. I'm grateful for the non-laughs and all the laughs. <laughs> Did you do any um, acting in college? Um. So here's the thing. <laughs> it's crazy because my professor told me, he said, he said, Sheena, you can't start stuff and then don't finish. So I, in college, I had, or I still, I would say I had a fear of failure mm -hmm. or or a fear of being too great so i auditioned for a show i got into the show but then i stopped going to rehearsals and i don't know why i don't i can't answer why but i was in one production yes in college 
Yeah, what was um what, what was the name of that? What was the name of that show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember like what was it about? What your role was? She said, "Nope, I buried that in the treasure chest. I never opened." <laughs> I don't remember. That's so sad. I hope my country professor don't look at it. He's gonna be like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> "So, like that journey of like, you know what? I could do it. Let me stick to it." When did you start it? Go ahead and start sticking to the things you um start putting your mind to. Um, I was. I, I, I mean. I, tenacity in me but uh, I guess really didn't start until like 2014 when I did my very first production in front of everybody um, but prior to that sorry prior to that I did write a, a urban fiction called Misunderstood so maybe it started about that time after I finished the urban fiction I was like okay I can do this so you've always been like an author putting your, um, your yeah. thoughts into the books um, and how did that um, can you give us a little bit um, on that book right there misunderstood let me tell you i don't even promote that book anymore because i feel like i'm in a different place within my life gotcha <laughs> and it is an urban novel um everything that possibly that you could think of that would be crazy and out of out of the box is what that character did okay and her name was nikki um it was funny because one of my friends read it she was like nikki has a lot of similarities of you but not what? like not the crazy part <laughs> She was just more so saying it because, like, you know, at the time I drove a uh, um, Toyota Corolla, things like that. What's that movie? Um, Best Man? He was like, that, that, that sounds like me in this book. This might be me in this book. Oh, what's me? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, hey, it's still available on Amazon. If anybody want to go in there and just copy, yeah. just to, you know, give me my little five cents. So you did that in uh, 2000? What year did I write that book? Uh... I was, it had to be 2010 or 11, because I was in a abusive relationship, so I think all that just went you into put it. into that. Yeah. Sometimes I sit back, like, I've tried to sit back and read it, because so many people have told me, like, you should have come out with part two, or you should write a stage play about it, but I don't really, I can't imagine that on stage, like, that'd just be too much. Um, or, like, make, make it into a movie, um, but when I go back and read it, I'd be like, yo, what the? I already put that in there. Right. Yeah. Like But I feel like that's a great release for uh, you know, people <laughs> who do that and do like and tell me you put your release into your work so everybody else could see it and be like, all right, somebody else is dealing with it or somebody else's you know, life is worse or mine's ain't that bad, you know what I mean? So you said two thousand fourteen is when you did your first production. Was that all on you? Meaning what? Like your back and your your mindset, you like you setting everything up, you with the face of it, like all on you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I- and then you feel like that was a pressure? Uh, it's like it's only you. If it go bad, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, I don't remember feeling that scared feeling. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't remember feeling scared. I remember feeling like, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay. You know, um, and then that show actually sold out both nights. It was a small theater. It was more like a black box theater, but we made it to where we could do a full length production. Mm. It was only like eighty seats, but um, was it eighty? Yeah, I never sold out eighty seats. That's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I was, I was really, really <laughs> thankful. My whole family showed up to that production. I was really thankful for that. Um, but that that production, it's funny because all of my productions always has something to do with like what I have going on within my life. Um, 
during that time I had started to come into like what you know people would consider as this consciousness and uh that production reflected a young woman who was battling alcohol addiction but being um married to someone I'm sorry a young a young Christian woman let me say that who's battling alcohol addiction but being married to someone who would consider himself as an atheist so kind of like show the the balance in the battle between that not knowing if their marriage was going to survive um and i had a lot a lot of older spiritual music in there so you know it really um caught the focus of the the older generation like some hymns and hymns yeah i I like putting old uh spiritual like spiritual hymnals in the stage place but it's like a lot of videographers I talk to they're like oh well you can't publish just because you have the music in there but I've learned that if you only use like a snippet of it then it's okay it's not like using the whole song um but yeah yeah someone's like hey you know what you you took my whole drink eat <laughs> <laughs> bar for bar you know what I mean so like did that how long did it take you to um put that idea together had the creation done back on unfortunately had you put like years into it or did you take like a year before you just like might have put it together make it work That's a good question. Um, I felt like it was over time. I can't remember specifically how long it took me to write that. Um, because I still, I don't feel like writing is ever done. So even after I cast, I'm still going in there changing and editing things out. Um, you know, like even when I start seeing it on stage and I'd be like, oh, I could put this here because that makes more sense. So, yeah, I, st- I was writing the whole time. Not all quite, throughout. Yeah. You feel that way? Man, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a process. Yeah, so I feel like a, a lot of people go edit every time. Like, you know what? Or you got a character that fits the, your idea, but you take their, you know, their vibe and their essence mm-hmm. and their facial expression. Like, you know what? I could picture you slamming that down, but I couldn't picture, you know, the person I picture slamming it down. But right. when you do it, it's like, oh, it's different. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so how hard is it, like, um... Putting everything together, giving out the scripts and having people be like, you know what? I want to be a part of this, like part of the casting thing. How do you go about casting? Um, well, we usually just have open auditions. Um, I sometimes have people send in their headshots. If I see, like for the last stage play we did in 2019, which was called Make a Change to Keep Some Change. Um, the person who actually emailed you, the one who's working with me, uh, Sean Gay, when I seen her picture, I already knew. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna be good for um, Dejanae role." Like I already knew, <laughs> you know. So that's that usually is what happens. Sometimes if I see your face, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, like that perfectly. You fit perfectly into it." Um, depending on who I have on my team with me uh, in auditions at the time, you know, we all sit down there and just kind of go through everyone's performance. We usually ask that auditioners um, come prepared with a monologue or a song if it has a single role. And sometimes, and then if we, more than likely, we would ask you to read from size if we really feel like, okay, this is a possibility. Um, once that is done, we give you a callback or a callback. You know, you might go up against another actor who was really good as well. And um, then we'll just pick from there. Do you like the... Have them read the script, or you like, you know what? Put that down. Let me see. Improvise a little bit. Let me sometimes. Okay. Sometimes, 
Um, sometimes we'll do that if we find that the actors are struggling to, with the script because everyone's not a good co-reader, and we understand that. Everybody like, I can't, I can't, I can't talk like, like this. <laughs> yeah, they sound like they're reading, and then they can't really like get into it. They're, you know, with their emotions. Mm-hmm. I said stop. <laughs> so how, how, how important is the experience, or um, are you like willing to take chances on somebody that's new? I love. Uh, Definitely want to open it up to new and fresh faces. For the most part, um, well, I've I've had new and fresh faces, but there's a few people from college who I would put in a stage play like constantly, um, just because I love their vibe and they come there not with no drama. They come get their work done and roll out. Other people that I've worked with in the past love them to death, but I'm like we can't move forward um so yeah right now i have it open i don't have anyone casted for any parts i don't have anyone technically in mind for any parts and we have about 11 roles um and they are all paid and it's for the one you're working on now right yes okay yes i'm oh, sorry yeah. <laughs> what's the um the um like the average length of a stage play uh it's about an hour and a half to two hours um i'm uh, hopefully you know, I, I, I try to learn to put mine down a little bit lower because it's like you want to, you have to put so much information into three acts and it's supposed to only be two hours. And it's like, but you don't want to miss anything. My stage play is my, <laughs> it's ran over just a little bit sometimes. And can you break it down for people who don't know? Because that was like some um, terminology, like three acts, because I just know stage play. You know what I mean? It's beginning, middle, end. Is that like what it is? Yeah. Three acts? Okay. Yeah, right, cool. absolutely. <laughs> beginning, middle, end. So. And, they also have like um, <coughs> short, like um, oh gosh, now I can't remember the other term or for it. Shorter stage plays, which is one that we did, was called "Judge Me Not." Um, we got a really great review for that in the uh, DC Metro newspaper. Shout out to that. Yes, that was more of a black box theater production, so it was only forty-five minutes. So uh, I know it's. Um, how often do you rehearse? Because I, I was saying it's like, you know, in a movie, like you can cut, edit, shoot this mm-hmm. a million, million times. Yeah, if I see a stage play, do you have like a cut? Like, like it's live, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Saying, like a movie, you can, if I mess up, we can shoot it a million times. I got you. So like, how often do you rehearse? Um, well, uh, we usually try to keep it to the weekend because people have busy schedules during the week, you know, working and things like that. So even on the weekends or during the week, um, usually we just meet on Saturdays, every Saturday until the production, unless the actor can do something different. Um, and if it's an actor that we feel like we might need to work with them a little bit more, then we'll just let them know, like, hey, we need to work on this a little bit more. So they might have to put in more time than everybody else. Okay. But that's what I love, um, you know, to go back to what you said, that's what I love about theater is that it's live. You know, you can't, there is no, oh shoot, I messed up. It's like, you, you messed up, you but you got to keep it moving. You got to play it all. You know, you can't make it look like you messed up because they don't know. They don't know what's going on. It's not from the time. They don't know what's going on. So, you just got to keep keep rolling with it. Um, Like, go back to the, the previous, what you said previously, like recasting. Do you like, recast for the same type of person or do you recast and have that person that you're comfortable with do you know they could play any kind of role or you know you have them stick to usually one role now you, um, some people get 
Typecast. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. So you asked me about typecasting? No, no, like recast. Like you got, you say you got your favorites, and some people are like you know what I work with. Uh, you did good this play. Not, not. I won't ask for next time. But you got people you probably work with, like I said, in college, and you be like, you know what? I want you for the next one, and mm-hmm. I know you're gonna do good in this one. So I got you for the next one, even though it's not a role. Mm-hmm. I might write a role for you, or I might write something, and I just know you might fit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely done that before. Um, I have a mind, kind of, of um, to the actors who I would like to use, the ones that I said that I would always mm-hmm. use them. Like, I would legit take them with me. I'm talking about when it gets the, okay, we're going on tours, you know, like, yeah, y'all going to ride with me because y'all show, y'all show me the professionalism mm-hmm. that it takes. Um, or, you know, putting aside the fact that we're friends, you know what I mean? They still come and audition just like anyone else and don't expect any extra handouts or anything like that um so yeah i have definitely done that um you know the last play that we did there was a role uh that one of my homegirls played and she's usually good at playing older roles um i didn't want to necessarily cast her in an older role because i knew that she said that she didn't feel like she don't want to. She want to stop doing older roles. She said, "I don't like. I said, I'm getting tired of this." Yeah. <laughs> she don't want to. <laughs> but she does really good at playing an older woman. Um, mm-hmm. And the musical director at that time, he was like, "Man, but I really see her in this part. Like, like I just really see her in this part." Um, so I went ahead and had her in that part. But, yeah, that's how it is. Like, I see what you're great at. I know you might be tired. Just give me one more. Just give me one more comedy skit or one more like that. But I've seen like a lot of people do that. And I feel like it's a lot of chemistry. Do you, have you ever... No, my mom's rolling that back. I see a lot of people do that. Do you still have the same team you had in the beginning or did it have it changed? It has literally changed. Okay. Everything has changed. Um, I think that COVID definitely changed a lot of things for everyone because our last production was in 2019, right before COVID. Um, and it's crazy because you don't you look up and you're like, dang, it's been that long since mm-hmm. it seemed like it was yesterday. You like COVID nineteen is twenty twenty three, right? right. <laughs> um, so a lot of things have changed, a lot of uh, life changes, a lot of different obstacles and things where you uh, had have, have to like maneuver, move a different way. Um, so yeah, it's right now my team consists of myself. And the musical, a musical director, um, one of my college professors who is on a set design. He's a set designer, but he's also helping plan out um, the production. I'm looking for a stage manager as well. Um, and also Sean Gay, who's been assisting with like public, publishing, publicizing, whatever the word is. <laughs> Put it out there to the there world. There we go. There yeah. we go. Put it out there to the world. Uh, so you have somebody who actually builds a set? Up for you? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's really dope. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of like in-house, everybody's building together and keeping things in together. Part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was my uh, set design teacher. Okay. I wish I would have paid attention to that. <laughs> I did. You took that knowledge yourself and was like, all right, cool, I could do it. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, in this day and age, you kind of want to be able to do a little bit of everything so that you never go broke or that you never have to... or. So that you wouldn't necessarily have to depend on just working the nine to five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I wish I would pay a little bit more attention. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I just spent like three hours, four hours yesterday trying to fix my heat. I was not freezing in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that is. I'm not paying this. I'll do it myself. So, like, how long did it usually take you to write your scripts for your plays? And do all, do, is it a play? 
Is it really a play if it don't have singing? Yeah. So you can have a play with no singing? Mm-hmm. Okay. My. Because <laughs> <laughs> i never seen a play with no singing. I've never seen one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I first did my very first production, I, I didn't put songs in it. Okay. I didn't. I, I mean, well, I had like, I'm not going to say I didn't put songs in it because I did have the spiritual hymnals in it. But it wasn't a lot. Um, because I was like, anytime I wanted to go audition, I don't even know if you asked me that. So I was I was in stage plays um, prior to writing stage plays. Okay. You did ask me that. But I'm thinking... When you said that, I was thinking more of college, but yeah, um, I remember when I used to go audition, I used to always be like, "Dang, it always gotta be a singer around like I can't sing." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, I want to make sure I make roles for people who can't sing, right? Who can't <laughs> sing, but they love to the act. So, um, I made sure and did that. Um, this production I have, which is called Crucified, it does have some singing roles in it, though. Okay. You might like go on and talk about that, how you got that, like, going? Yes. So, whew, the idea for Crucified is basically... <laughs> Crucified is basically about um, a young woman's struggle with addiction. And, uh, you know, dealing with addiction, it uh, resurfaced childhood trauma. And that childhood trauma leads to family secrets which results in breaking up which is which was once a tight-knit family uh the concept for that movie movie uh-uh stage play <laughs> i do write movies as well but the, the concept for that stage play came in at uh just basically the things that i was doing with in within my life um during the time and the passing of my mother's my mother transitioned um, I had a lot of things going on. My brother-in-law had just transitioned. My mom had transitioned. And then I found out I was pregnant, like, right after that. Um, so that's where the idea of crucified came in at. And the reason I called it crucified is because I was being crucified. <laughs> There's no other way to really put it other than that's exactly what it was. Do you feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe you feel like you needed to write that play? Absolutely. I felt like a part of me felt like I need to write it because I need to put my side of the story out there. Uh, that might be a little bit selfish, but it is what it is. And then the other part of me felt like I needed to write it because um, I want to help suicide people or I don't say victim okay suicide victims or people who feel like that they are contemplating suicide yeah, that's like depression and mentalness is where it's, a, it's very much aware now but it's still no uh way to help with it you know you, now we're more aware but there's no way to help help the problem so mm-hmm. we just try to help have other people be like you know we all dealing with it and but it's, I feel like it's like oh we are but what, what can we do <laughs> to get up past it so like with you writing that down, did it was it like a release, like a release of putting all your, you know? It's a constant release. Uh, even still talking about it is still a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, writing that stage play was one of the hardest things I've done, um, besides be ridiculed and crucified <laughs> by my family and my friends. Um, that was one of the hardest things I've done because it it reopened uh, different emotions about uh, you know different people in my life and the way that I felt about them, 
it was really kind of it was challenging to write this play like i almost was like i'm not gonna do it i changed my mind like three times i was like i'm gonna write another play or i already because I, I have a whole bunch of plays that i started um so i was like okay i'm just gonna finish writing this one and put that one out but something just kept telling me like no that that wasn't your plan so why are you doing that you yeah. know you need to stick to your plan because this play might actually minister to that person that feels like that they are like done you know what i mean like they about to hop off the the edge jump in front of a car um it might really minister and like help save their life because if they can see that after all the stuff that i went through i'm still here and still standing then it'll give them a little bit of hope that i'm trusting that it will anyway for sure do I feel like, cause I see, I see that you went down your spiritual awakening journey. Do you, do you feel like that was a great thing to help you in life when you got to sit back and start to learn more of the culture-wise and the spiritualness and with yourself? Did it open the door for you to be like, it makes it easier for me to write and help other people in the world as well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, spiritual, the spiritual awakening is so funny because it's like you never reach like a, a pinnacle you know this pinnacle that everyone feels like you're going to reach like you're you know we're all going to reach it when we transition yeah. <laughs> you know it's like it, it's just a constant um it's a constant i don't want to say battle it's a constant journey like it's a constant, constant eye opener to everything you thought that was something but now it's like this is what it really is every mm -hmm. time in the world yeah. but it, it has helped me with writing because a lot of things i'll put into the play like a lot of my thoughts about things that i feel about the world controversial topics and things like that and it'll help you know the audience will come up to me and be like wow i never thought about that you know um so yeah it, de it definitely does help to get out what i'm thinking mm -hmm. without people thinking i'm crazy yep yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. so um have you had people yeah, tell you, anybody that's come to your place, tell you how it might have affected them? Oh, yeah. All the time, people come up to me and tell me, like, wow, you know, I learned. I learned a lot from your play. Um, make a change to keep some change. One of the characters, I'm sorry, I deal with so many characters on a daily basis, like, literally in my head. And then on, on the piece of paper, so I can't remember every single character. Mm -hmm. But, um... He basically okay, so that 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 play took place during Christmas time, and he basically broke down the reason or the reasonings behind Christmas and why he didn't celebrate it, you know. Um, so of course, you know, audience members came up to me and was like, "Wow, I never, I never thought about that," you know. And I would like to sit here and rehearse like a whole line that he said in the play, but baby, I got baby brain. <laughs> so, you, so you just open up people's perspective to something different and look at it and you also give like everybody everybody got characters you know what i mean and within themselves you this character that day you that character that day that character but that way you get to actually focus and put your energy to make that character that best character from you know your mindset wise mm -hmm. so you get Absolutely. to create and put out something and get my perspective for somebody who like that character, that's not even all the way you. It's probably a person that's always like that character. That's pretty dope, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, do you have a favorite aspect of the whole thing? Like, is it, like, writing, seeing it on stage, or just the reactions to it? Is there one that's a particular favorite of yours? It's all the, everything you just mentioned. Writing it, 
uh, seeing it on stage. And a lot of times I go sit out in the audience because I want to see what the audience is seeing. And I look around at people's expressions as they're watching it. Um, seeing it on stage is always a beautiful thing because it's like, wow. Like what I wrote on a piece of paper is here. It, like it all came, come together. Um, and even, you know, even just, you know, the small, small recognitions, which I don't, you know, nobody really needs accolades and things like that. But uh, <laughs> the small recognitions are always great. You know, um, my children's dad seen it from like the beginning to end. And he was like, wow, it was like different seeing it on stage. Like it was like it, it came to life, you know. So that was that was good from him because he, he got to see it at the um, rehearsals. You know, sometimes things don't always go good in rehearsals mm -hmm. where it was like he was like, I don't know. I just want to be looking on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But once we got up on stage, he was like, oh, okay, all right. And, you know, he was like, it was good seeing it from the beginning to the end. You like, get to see the progress. I feel like everything, when people say it's like my baby, it's like a baby. You get the incubation period, get the nutrients and everything, build it up. But then you had a baby. Everyone's like, oh, then when people's baby grow up, like, oh, now I get to see it. Now it's prospering and spreading to the other world and, you know, came back and making more. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> for your vision, what do you have, like, your vision in the next three to five years with your um, plays? Oh, wow. My vision with my plays. Uh, wow. Well, because uh, I have so many different things going on, I'm planning, I will, I'm going to have a theater. I want to have my own theater um, stationary because I don't want to have to constantly keep paying it performing theaters <laughs> so i would love to have my own theater and i would love to be able to have my shows there um also it's going to be open to you know other artists as well who need performance spaces and things of that nature um and of course tours definitely mm -hmm. want to be able to do tours but more so i want it to be like the city is asking for us <laughs> i got you you know what i mean as opposed to us still having to you know, go there and... Build, build the name and build the foundation right, up. <laughs> right. Um, but in addition to that... Excuse me. In addition to that, um, I also have D. Horn Company of the Arts, which is, which is my nonprofit that I'm going to... Uh, in the process of starting. Uh, we're we're going to be offering theater classes, singing, dancing, and all of that good stuff. So I'm going to probably combine SDH. Not necessarily combine them, because they're going to be two different entities. That's going to be nonprofit. That's going to be for-profit. Um, but overall, it'll kind of still probably within the same building okay. once we get our theater. So it'll be D Horn Company of Arts and SDH. Have everything in house and exactly. run one roof. Exactly. All right. Can you give me like your top three places you want to have your plays shown at? Since you know, what I'm saying you know, you know, if they come like, no, we want you here in this city because you'll play like that. Where would you go? Your top three places. Uh, well, we're definitely going to have to go with New York City. I think it's like number one for Broadway stage yeah. play, right? I, uh, I do have a, I do have a production that I would love to have on um, Broadway that I'm gonna probably push for next year. Okay. Um, but yeah, New, well, then, you know, they say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. I feel like they're here in DC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so New York definitely. Um, I 
know. I want to say Chicago. I mean, these are all theater district places mm-hmm. in um, Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you got like any top three uh, plays besides yours you will uh, have people tune into? Like, you know, like just look at, check that play out or something. You know what I mean? Because I know people got them plays. They'll be like, that's a good play. You know, I watched that 10 times. No, I hadn't seen Tyler Perry movies then melted in my VCR for my grandma before, so. Um, <laughs> I, Thoughts of a Colored Man. Okay. That sounds like one you're going to learn some stuff yeah. from. Yeah. I'm going I'm to be good at crying if I'm a man. That was like, I was actually mm-hmm. on Broadway. Huh? I said, I'm going to be there crying if I'm a man. I'm sure. That's what I'm saying. I'm That's sure. the type of place <laughs> I don't go to. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh... A couple of August Wilson plays, if I can remember any of them off the top of my head. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely. August Wilson, I really love his writing. I do. And I heard you say, um, what's the difference between stage and Broadway? Stage play and Broadway plays. <laughs> Broadway. Broadway plays have, really have... They're really basically musicals. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, they're basically musical productions. It's like the Cats and Mama Mia's and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's it's also just like a fancy name they give it. You know what I mean? You're on Broadway. Oh, it's, a, so, it's like a privilege, right? Sorry, <laughs> um, all right. So you say you write movies. You have any in production or any you plan on putting into production? Yes, I'm going to be um, putting out a movie. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I cannot say what the name is right cool. now. You know what I mean? Say it's family based. It's family based movie. It's family yeah. based. There we go. <laughs> yeah, you say family based. Um, what would your role be? Writer, director, writer, and director, star. Uh, for what the stage the, play? The movie. Oh, um, you know what? I think that for the movie, I'm going to employ a director, and I only said that because I've never directed a movie. Um, I, I would be the co-director, you know, just to let, you know, make sure they're not trying to change things that's in my script, but, um, I'll be the co-director, but I think I would want to get directors So more just like the writer, you know, I want to kind of like sit back. I'm okay with sitting back and be like, okay, you know, you could direct this, have somebody else direct it and, you know, put me down as the writer or the co-director and yeah. Okay. That's what's up. You got anything you want to tell anybody else before you wrap it up for you? Um, yes. A lot. Let's see. The list goes on and on and on. Um, okay. In addition to doing stage plays, I am also an author and a publisher at I Middle Publishings, LLC, uh, where our mission is raising frequencies one book at a time. So that is a publishing company that I started. Uh, and I started that company because uh, I wanted to have a company to treat our authors with integrity. Um, you know, a lot of these places, a lot of these big publishing places take a lot of your money <laughs> or, or excuse me, say a lot of your hard work and give you cents back. 
and um it's really important to me that we treat our authors with integrity and you know let them see what thank you for bringing your work to us and this is you know mm -hmm. this is your rewards yeah. basically um we also i also help and assist other authors with publishing their books right now i have a workshop set up for children i do a lot with children um, shout out to the kids indeed uh from ages 8 to 12 we have it where your child could come in um to the workshop and basically build their book <laughs> from beginning to end um with illustrations so the book will be ready it'll be a ready to print book um so that they basically be digital but you know the parent could decide whether or not they want to print it and it's going to be very legit illustrations you know what's the crazy part i did not bring any of my books i'm tripping oh. <laughs> i just thought about that okay you bring one next time yes <laughs> um so that is what i have going on also i have workshops going on to teach playwriting to students 12 to 17 years old that's to be online it's going to be a virtual class basically teaching them how to write a three-act production because yeah, i still can't read books without the pictures in them mm -hmm. uh, i'm an illustrated person like i can't i wait till the movie come out put it like that you know <laughs> yeah so like i see you good you get back to like to the community and everything like that for the kids that's like one of your biggest things to keep doing for the community that's dope Oh, yeah, definitely. Even the books that I write, A King in Trainer Wells, uh, The Adventures of Morocco and Cousin Mayotte. And I heard that also, book before. A Goddess in Training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are my... Oh, yeah, shout out. Shout out to you. I was um, messing my I read the book. <laughs> was it Purple? Yeah, I read, my son read the book before, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my book. Mm -hmm. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so it's basically teaching our youth the truth about who they are. Um, you know... Growing up, we weren't told, well, I can't say we weren't taught, I don't know, everyone. <laughs> um, I can speak from my own experience, uh, going to D.C. public schools where they're like, you're, you're a slave, you're a slave, you're a slave. Like, that's just, that's all that's thrown in your face. Mm -hmm. They don't teach you about melanin, they don't teach you about chakras, they don't teach you that your hair is a part of your central nervous system, and that's why it's important not to cut it. Like, you know, they don't teach you, <clears throat> excuse me, let me drink some water. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah they don't um it's just a lot of stuff that they don't teach you so <clears throat> what is going on <laughs> it's a lot of things that they don't teach that i had to put in the book okay to teach our youth to teach our youth the truth about who they are so that maybe they would choose a different <laughs> Sorry. Oh, we got you. We gonna edit all that for you. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> My throat. Okay, so maybe they would choose a different direction in life. Okay. <clears throat> to teach the youth the truth about who they are, so that you know when they when they come up on life, different obstacles in life, that maybe they would choose a different path. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's basically what those three books are about. They're they're like a sequel. So it's The King in Training Wells, Adventures of Morocco, and then Goddess in Training. It's teaching all young women about themselves. Um, that book is a little bit challenging for me because, it's you know, they're kids. But you also want to teach your, your kids uh, just 
they you want to teach them about their their cells and how important their bodies are especially as as little girls and going to grow up to be women and the, it teaches about the connection to the moon that we have uh as women and things so it teaches it teaches a lot of different things basically oh, yeah. that we're not learning and teaching our children about self-love in the real life and not this other socialite stuff we yes. know yeah yes, yes. well you know thank you for coming out you know what I'm saying? Go ahead and tell me to follow you at again. Okay, so I can be followed at the Publishing Coach on IG uh, at SDH Entertainment as well. That is for the um, entertainment business for movies and stage plays. Uh, at I in the Middle Publishings, E is E I T M Publishings uh, on IG. Just follow me at the Publishing Coach because then you could just get to all my different pages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and go hit them links in there. Yes. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in auditioning for Crucified um, Production, you can reach out to us at castings at sdhentertainment.com. Uh, we have 11 roles. We're looking to fill it. We are also looking for a stage manager and, and everything is paid because we don't work. We don't want anybody working for free. Not in this day and age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in this day and age. Because free ain't even free. Mm-hmm. And it's your boy Slide Got No Lie. Shampoo, a.k.a. Big Shampoo. Oh, oh, that's those podcasts. Hold on. I wanted to tell people about advanced tickets. That's okay. Also, also, if you're interested in a production, we have group rate tickets going on on the site right now. Also, advanced tickets, which... Uh, only $25 in advance. So you want to definitely get your tickets now. Uh, that will be up January 31st. And after that, you're going to have to pay, uh, you know, general admission fee. And who wants to do that right now? You know what I'm saying? This time of day and age. Let's go ahead and pay pay the upfront $25. Um, basically, you know, showing your support uh, to to our people, to the community. Yeah. Go get your tickets in advance. Go and support the movement. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. You said it's releasing again? It's April? April 14th and 15th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at the Slayton House Theater in Columbia, Maryland. All right, so get those tickets before January 31st or you'll be paying the full price. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, we, and we also got RSVP seating. Uh, the first two rows, we got um, senior rates discount and um youth discount rates as well all on the website i'm 12 (laughs) thank you for coming out again thank you appreciate you